What role does forgiveness play in the life and salvation of the Christian? Find out today on this edition of the Bellator Christie Podcast. You are listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristie.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas. Taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics, Taking Christian truth into the arena of ideas. This is the Bellator Christie Podcast, and this is your host for the time we have together, yours truly, Brian Chilton. If you follow along with us on the release date of these podcasts, you'll note that uh, this is coming at a uh, different time. Uh, this is coming out on Tuesday, August 13th, of 2019. Uh, normally, uh, as you recall, uh, release podcasts on Friday. However, I was unfortunately unable to do so due to some um, due to some errands needed to run and things of that nature, and just life happening, quite frankly. Uh, but I'm good to be. With, I'm glad to be with you here on the air this week. Uh, kind of a makeup session, if you will. Uh, you know, I was, I was talking earlier before about taking a break from podcasting, and you know, really, right now, uh, by the t- by the time I thought about doing it, uh, <laughs> it just hasn't quite worked out that way. It seems like uh, God has laid certain things on my heart and mind, and I just felt the need to. Uh, just, just to get get them to you, and so hopefully, maybe here uh, before too long, uh, we'll I'll take some breaks uh, here and there. So if you find a there's a week or two where there's not a podcast, you know, some you know just needed to take a break from podcasting those weeks. But it's good to be back with you now. Um, do want to remind you as uh, we'll have an ad mentioning this. Be on the lookout for uh, the my newest uh, my my first book I've ever written. Quite frankly, the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics. I'll have the information to the publishers uh, sometime in early September, and so uh, once I find out the release date for that, you'll be the first to know here at bellatorchristie.com and on the Bellator Christie podcast. Today, I want to uh, wanted to record a podcast because of a uh, uh, of a teaching that. It is is so important that I not only wrote an article uh, concerning this this I wanted to also record a podcast to coincide with this and and this is having to do with the teaching of Jesus and and quite honestly the teachings of Jesus uh, have always been challenging M- many of his teachings have always been challenging uh, interestingly interestingly they though they are as challenging today as they were when he first delivered them, you know, quite frankly. But one of the more difficult of Jesus' teachings is his message on forgiveness. In in his famed Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches the crowd what it means to live a kingdom life. That is, he presents what the ideal life is like and how God's children are anticipated or expected uh, to behave and live. Now, granted, the Sermon on the Mount presents ideals that no one could really ever achieve outside of the Spirit of God, 
and that's due in part due to our sinful nature that we have. However, the child of God should strive to live according to the standards, to these standards as much as is possible. You know, quite honestly, um, I hear people a lot of times saying, well, this is just human nature. This is just the way people are. You know, I, I can't do this or I can't do that. That's part of the problem with our perspective on holiness. That's part of the problem on our perspective of holy living. We've already, yes, we realize we have a sinful nature. Yes, we realize that uh, we can do nothing outside of the sovereign grace and mercy of Christ. Absolutely, we understand that. But Christ did not save us to leave us as we are. He saved us to transform us so that we would shine forth the light of the Spirit of God shining through us and that we also would produce good fruit. You know, I think I think we have cheapened salvation and we have cheapened grace by claiming that that uh, God's grace um, is it, that that we're never going to be any better than what we are. Well, by our own standards, no, we can't be. But if you believe in the power of God, are you t- are you stating by saying that we can be no better? Are you saying that God doesn't have the power to change us to transform us? And I, for one, believe that He does. I really do. I believe that he does. I believe he has the power to transform us. He's been doing it for over 2,000 years, and so why would he, would he stop now? So while teaching on prayer, Jesus notes that a believer should pray and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors in Matthew six twelve. And after concluding the model prayer, Jesus teaches, if, if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your, your Father will not forgive your offenses. Now the question is, who, to whom is he speaking? Is he, he is speaking to, I think he's speaking to the crowd, so there's a mixed group there to whom he's speaking. But yeah, this, this a lot of it, I think, is, is focused towards, towards the Christian. And, and quite honestly... Uh, I think this is this is important to know because Jesus emphasizes the aspect of forgiveness. He emphasizes the importance of forgiveness, and so this brings up multiple questions that must be answered. Does one's salvation depend on one's ability to forgive? And I think the answer is kind of complicated. I think it's both a yes and no. Now, theologically, Jesus indicates that salvation comes from His atoning sacrifice on the cross. Jesus says that just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in Him may have eternal life, John 3, 14 through 15. And of course, John three sixteen says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. And we see that as the passage of Scripture continues. Jesus even taught, tells us, he promises that no one can snatch us out of the Father's hand in John 10, 20, uh, 29. And the only sin that is unpardonable is blasphemy, that is unforgivable, is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit in Matthew 12, 22-32 and Mark 3, 22-30, which is by, by, by the same standard, a rejection of the Spirit's work in the life of Christ. And, and that is a rejection of the Spirit's work in Christ's life unto death. And that's never turning from one's life that's dying without re- receiving Christ. Now, some people will say, well, well how, why will God condemn people to, to a devil's hell uh, because of just of a belief? Well, it's more than just a belief. 
is receiving the, the atoning sacrifice of Christ. And, and through that, that is entering into a covenantal relationship with the Holy God. It's not just a belief that saves a person. It's this entrance into a new covenantal relationship with God. Christ did for us what we could not do for ourselves, and that recognition brings us into transcendence. That recognition helps us realize, I mean, if we had to work our way to salvation, for salvation, you know, we, we might do some good things, but we're never going to meet God's standards. So so God, Christ doesn't save us. And so, so I think we have, on the one hand, one problem where we say that, uh, that, that works save us. We can never be saved by our works. But on the other hand, I think we also make a, we have a problem when we say that this salvation doesn't do a work in us because it does. So despite Jesus' teachings on salvation and security, he does emphasize the importance and the connection that occurs between one's relationship with God and others, especially in regard to forgiveness. Now, as we previously noted, Jesus indicated that a person who does not forgive will not be forgiven. This teaching is emphasized in other areas. It's not just found in this one passage of Scripture. In fact, you see it multiple times throughout the teachings of Jesus. In this parable of the unmerciful servant in Matthew 18, verses 23-25, Jesus tells the story of a servant who was forgiven by a king, and this amount that he was for which he was forgiven was something in, in, in excess of $1 billion. That This was an exorbitant, ridiculous amount of money. Okay, and we see this in Matthew 18. However, when the servant came across a debtor who owed him an amount comparable to around fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars $16,000, give or take a few thousand, this servant who had been forgiven the amount of a billion-plus dollars by the king threw the debtor in jail and demanded that his money be paid back to him immediately. And so when the king heard about this, obviously he had the servant arrested and thrown into prison and said that he would not get out until he had paid every last penny, which there's no way he could ever pay that amount. So in the parable, Jesus notes that a person who's been forgiven by God must forgive others in the same manner. And I think that Jesus' emphasis on the two great commandments in Matthew 22, loving God with our whole mind, soul, and strength, heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving others as we love ourselves, shows us this connection that exists in our relationship with God and how it impacts our relationship with other people. Now, while our relationship with God is salvific, that is salvific, it is also relational, it does have an impact on our relational, um, on our relational aspects with other people, on our relationships with two other people, I should say. Okay? Orthodoxy, right belief, impacts orthopraxy, which is right action, right living. Okay, and in turn, I think the way you treat other people does impact your relationship with the Holy God. Now, the way you treat other people may not indicate how may not indicate uh, may not save you. Is what I'm trying to say. It does. It will impact and impede your relationship with the Holy God. You can never live the best Christian life while you're you're treating other people maliciously. And and quite honestly, there are several passages of scripture that indicate that much. You know, John even says in his letter in the first letter of John that um, the the one who says that he loves God and does not love others is a liar. Quite simply. And I think he's taking that from the teachings of Jesus. 
So the question is, how do we work through the salvation given through Christ and our responsibility and forgiveness to others, our responsibility to Christ to forgive others? Do we have an assurance of salvation? Is the lack of forgiveness an unpardonable sin? So from a systematic theological standpoint, I want to work through these ideas and through these concepts. And so I think that by doing so, we can find three important truths throughout the New Testament that must be considered. Number one, we see that forgiveness is a command of Christ. And this is something we must uh, we must understand. Forgiveness is a commandment of Christ. And Jesus says, so regardless of what we do with the theological connection between salvation and forgiveness, we must know that forgiveness is commanded by Christ, that we are commanded by Christ to forgive other people. So if for no other reason, we should be forgiving people. Jesus says in John 14, 15, that if you love me, keep my commands. John 14, 15. Jesus also notes that one of his commandments is to, one of his new commandments in John 13, 34 through 35, is to love one another just as I have loved you, so you are to love one another, and by this will... Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now this this makes me wonder. This makes me wonder greatly that if we as a church were to be held up by this standard alone, would we be the standard of love that we have how we love one another? Would we be found guilty of being a Christian? Would be we be found guilty of having a relationship with Christ. Jesus says, By this shall all people know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So that that should make us take pause and ask ourselves whether or not we are right with Christ. And I don't know, I mean, because, um, you know, it, it just makes you wonder. So, anyhow, loving one another consists of forgiveness, okay? Um, Even if one were to offend multiple times and return with a true heart of repentance, the believer should forgive, and we see this in Matthew 18, 21-22. This doesn't mean that we become a doormat, and you see that, uh, because we rebuke individuals who offend us in Luke 17, 1 and 2, but rather that a person maintains a loving and forgiving heart. And again, if no for no other reason, you do so because Christ commanded it. Secondly, forgiveness is a mark of Christianity. Just as the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, which, is, which are love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, are all markers that a person is right with God, so forgiveness is the same. Jesus explicitly states that good trees produce good fruit and bad trees produce bad fruit in Matthew 7. Good trees are individuals who are right with God, and their good fruit are those things which are produced uh, by the Spirit of God abiding in their lives. Bad trees are those without Christ whose natural nature uh, or natural desires will produce evil actions. John adds in his first epistle that everyone, and this is 1 John 3, 9-10, that everyone who's been born of God does not sin because his seed remains in him. He is not able to sin because he has been born of God. This is how God's children and the devil's children become obvious. Whoever does not do what is right is not of God, especially the one who does not love his brother or sister. Obviously, John is not stating that the children of God do not literally ever commit sin while on this earth. 
because he realizes the fact that we are sinners saved by the grace of God. But the way he uses the term sin is he is using it to to describe a consistent manner of living. Are you seeking to live a holy life? Are you pursuing holiness? Are you pursuing the things with which God is pleased? A life that is surrendered to God will not pursue sinful behaviors, but will pursue a life of holiness, will pursue a life of love, will pursue a life of forgiveness. You know, I'm really, really concerned. I'm really concerned about individuals who who do not want to show forth love. And I think we, especially as conservative Christians, I'm really concerned about this because we spend so much time talking about truth, but we forget that we are also called to love. This doesn't mean that we accept sinful behaviors as being okay or acceptable, but it does mean that we care about the individual. One will not pursue a lifestyle of sin, but rather to seek a life of holiness to the Lord. We can't do it by our own accord. The only way we can live forth a holy life is because the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Our good actions are evidence, our good behaviors, the, the transformation in our lives. And that's, the, that's one of the things we don't talk about anymore is the transformation of the Holy Spirit. That when the, God gets a hold of us, that He's not going to leave us as we were. He's not going to leave us as we were. He's going to transform us and He's going to change us. Yeah, we may fall back in that sinful nature. Yeah, we're going to make mistakes. But if we have a softened heart, a heart that's seeking after God, then we will try to make, strive to make things right with our brother or sister. This desire does not come from within, but rather comes from above. Forgiveness, thirdly, is an act of confidence. Jesus warns those who bring offense and do not repent. In fact, Jesus says that the one who causes needless offenses to his children would be better to have a millstone tied around one's neck than to face the day of judgment. And you see that in Luke 17, 1 and 2. The Christian walk is one of trust and confidence that God will work out all things in the end. Paul denotes that the Christian walk is one that consists of putting away offensive speech in Ephesians 4.29, bitterness in Ephesians 4.31, wrath also the same, anger in the same passage, slander in the same passage, and malice in the same passage. By keeping these attributes in one's life, a person quenches or grieves the Holy Spirit of God if that person is even right with God to begin with thereby harming one's walk with Christ. When a person forgives and turns an offending brother over to God or sister to God, then the person expresses their trust and confidence in God's ability to rectify the wrong that was done. Believe me when I say this, and I could give you example after example after example of how God will take care of things in due time. So to conclude this podcast today, I would just say that salvation is not based on a person's willingness to forgive, but rather salvation produces fruit, um, and, and it produces individuals who willingly forgive because of the work that God has done in their lives. A person does not forgive to be saved. Rather, a person forgives because one has been saved. If we as modern Christians could learn simply how to love the way God loves us, if we could love one another, even if nothing more as we love ourselves, if we could truly learn what it means to forgive, 
I dare say that 95% of all church problems that exist today would be easily resolved. As we have been forgiven, so must we forgive. And that doesn't come from me. That comes from the teachings of Jesus Christ. And quite honestly, if I have to choose between Jesus and someone else, I'm going to choose Jesus every single time. Well, beloved, this is Brian Chilton. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, and we'll see you back the next time that we step into the arena of ideas. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristie.com. The opinions of our guests represent their own and may not reflect those of Bellator Christi Ministries or its affiliates. The Bellator Christi Podcast and BellatorChristi.com are protected under Creative Commons copyright, all rights reserved. The opening theme is the song Crucified, written by John and Michaela Limanis, performed by Crosby Lane and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit our YouTube page at www.youtube.com forward slash Bellator Christie. Also, please consider leaving a positive review on the apps where this podcast is found. We thank you for joining us today and hope to see you back the next time that we step into the arena of ideas. Are you interested in apologetics but don't have the time and resources to go to seminary or Bible college? Do you often feel that apologetic materials are academic, weighty, and difficult to comprehend? If that describes you, then the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics, Bridging the Ivory Tower to the Everyday Christian, is for you. My driving force in writing this first book of mine is both a passion for apologetics and compassion for the laity of the church. The Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics engages a broad swath of apologetic material, but does so in a way that everyone can relate by the inclusion of personal stories, anecdotes, and down-home humor. So whether you desire training in apologetics or whether you want a one-stop resource, be sure to pick up your copy of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics. Stay tuned for further information concerning the release of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics by logging on to bellatorchristie.com or by listening to the Bellator Christie podcast. We'll have more information as it becomes available. Stay tuned for the release of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics, coming to bookstores everywhere very soon. Did you know that you can help the Bellator Christie Ministries by simply leaving a review? If you are enjoying this podcast, help us out by leaving a positive review on the app where this podcast is found. This helps increase the exposure of the podcast and helps others find it more easily. If you enjoy this podcast, leave a review. If not, send me an email. Either way, we want to thank you for supporting BellatorChristie.com and the Bellator Christie Podcast.